And I don't know about you, but if there's anything I constantly am drawn back to in my life, it's the need for God to transform me. When I think about scriptures that deal with transformation, I uh, usually start somewhere around Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, But our series is going to move beyond that over the next six weeks, but that's where we're starting today. And um, over the six weeks, we're going to talk about different ways uh, that God transforms us. But today, I wanted to focus more on kind of the um, foundation of transformation. And so I've entitled this week's uh, message, Transformation 101. And so as we begin reading in chapter 12, which you're going to do in a minute, it seems pretty obvious that um, chapter 12 is a continuation of a thought that's already going on. And in chapter 11, Paul is talking to the Gentile believers and reminding them of all that God has done for them in making them his children. And to illustrate his point, he uses an example from horticulture. And he talks about the fact that the the, uh, Gentiles have been grafted in as one might graft in a branch from a wild olive tree into a cultivated tree. And that's what he has done with them in order to make them a part of his family. And it's not an opportunity for them to boast or rest on their laurels, but he really wants them to understand and be grateful for all that has happened so that they can now be a part of God's family. So chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 can be found in your pew Bible on page 922. And it reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let us go before God in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you um, for a word that shows us how we can better live for you. Shows us, Lord, how we can deal with the stubborn areas within us that are resistant to change. Father, we just come this morning praying that, um, you know, this is a passage that we've come to uh, many times before. But we pray, Lord, that you would just give us a fresh word for today, something that would truly impact us and cause us to walk more fully in your calling upon our lives. I pray, Father, that I would decrease, Lord, but that you would increase and that your spirit would just speak to each of us in a very personal and intimate way. And we give all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we just read in Romans 12, the first step in transformation is presenting ourselves to God as living sacrifices. And we're familiar with the concept of sacrifice from the Old Testament. But since Christ died for all of us and became the ultimate sacrifice, there is no need for this to be done. So what exactly is Paul talking about? In essence, what he's saying is that in light of all that God has done for us, we are to live our lives as sacrifices to him. He doesn't want our lifeless, dead bodies drained of their blood 
lying on an altar. But he does want us to live as though we're dead, as though we've laid our lives on the altar of sacrifice. What he wants is our living bodies committed and sacrificed to and for him. That's the only reasonable response to all that he has done for us. And you might say, well, what am I supposed to be dead to? Well, you're supposed to be dead to all that entangled and enticed you before. We're supposed to be dead to our own selfish will and motives and dead to our past lives. So now we have a new purpose and a reason for living, and it's all about him. You see, one thing about transformation is that transformation requires sacrifice. You cannot have transformation without sacrifice. You have to give something in order to get something. And what I'm convinced of in my own life is that any time that I have been trying to transform an area of my life is that until I'm willing to lose or abandon what I have in order to gain something different or something better, Unless I'm willing to do that, I'm going to remain unchanged. As long as I'm tied to what I have or what I am, I can't grasp what I will be. I must sacrifice in order to gain it. Christ gave himself so we could have a choice. And that's the only reason that we have any opportunity to be transformed And because of this, you don't have to be what someone told you you would be. You don't have to be addicted to whatever you're addicted to today. You don't have to be who you are today. You can be transformed because you have a choice. And sacrifice is really about having and making a choice. So that's the first thing that Paul calls us to do is to make a choice to surrender ourselves to God. And we do that by first committing our lives to him. And then secondly, Paul says, do not conform, but be transformed. And to conform means to conform or to shape yourself in your mind or in your character or behavior to another's pattern. And we all know that the world has a pattern And we have patterns, some of them that we just kind of were born with, some of them that were part of how we were shaped as children. And and the world has a pattern, and we are not to adapt ourselves to and conform ourselves to the world's pattern. As God's children, we are not to conform. We are called instead to be transformed. And to transform means to change one's form, to be transfigured, to undergo a spiritual transformation. And one of the definitions of transfigure implies that we are transformed into something that is more beautiful or elevated or even better. And the word we have in this verse in Romans is the same word that we use for what we get our word metamorphosis from, to be transformed. And it means a change in the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one by natural 
or supernatural means. A change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one by natural or supernatural means. God is calling us to be something different. If you are the same as you were when you gave your life to God, then something is wrong. He wants to change you. And don't get mad at me because I didn't say it first. Paul did. God wants to change you, and it doesn't matter if you're 5 or 55 or 105. God wants to change you. A lady told me in service after the first service that God has spoken to her about some things that he wanted to uh, change in her life, and she's 95. So surely if she can change at 95, then God means for the rest of us to change as well. So don't submit yourself to the process of confirmation, but instead submit yourself to the process of transformation. And, you know, we have to do it. God won't make us do it. And I fear in so many instances in our lives we have done the wrong thing. We have sought to be conformed rather than transformed. So then I ask myself, what does transformation really look like? Well, a few years ago, I was doing some study and um, became intrigued by butterflies because I just liked the idea of how they came about and the process that went into them becoming a butterfly. Um, So that's always been something I really liked. Well, about a month ago, somebody posted something on Facebook about um, uh, caterpillars and butterflies, and they had a picture of uh, a monarch butterfly, and it was still in the chrysalis. And they said that caterpillars don't transform into butterflies. In metamorphosis, the caterpillar is liquefied. Nothing remains of the old nature. It becomes a new creation. And um, I'd never heard that before. Uh, it, It really challenged everything that I learned in elementary school. Now, I will freely admit that science was not my favorite nor best subject, but I had never heard that before. And you see, I always thought that a butterfly was a caterpillar with wings. And I know that I'm not the only person in here who thought that. Um, But it's really not the case. For insects, there are two primary forms of metamorphosis that insects go through. One is called simple metamorphosis. And in simple metamorphosis, you will see similarities between the immature insect and the mature form that it takes. And then there's something called complete metamorphosis. And in that, you will not see that similarity between the immature form of the insect and the mature form. And um, the caterpillars that become monarch butterflies uh, go through a complete metamorphosis. And what happens is when the caterpillar is in the chrysalis, that hard shell, it releases enzymes so that its form as a caterpillar is broken down. Some scientists describe it as a chunky soup. And in that soup, some organs stay intact, while others, like muscles and tissues, break down into clumps of cell that can be reused. And some cells create imaginal disks, structures that produce adult body parts. So when all of these parts come together and the butterfly emerges, the caterpillar truly no longer exists 
it has been transformed into something completely different. And that is an incredible thought to me. God wants me to be something completely different. If I allow him to transform me, I will be completely different. I will no longer be what I am today. And then there's one additional thing about insects that go through a complete metamorphosis, and that's that um, not only do the insects have completely different forms, but the adult insects and the immature insects often live in different habitats. They live in different places, and they may have very different behavior. And we can certainly see that in the caterpillar and the butterfly, because the butterfly flies and the caterpillar crawls. So we are called to be changed, to be transformed, to go through a process of change. And just as the caterpillar transforms into a butterfly, God wants to transform us. And unfortunately uh, for us, we don't get to close ourselves off into a chrysalis and allow everything to break down and come back out and be perfect in about two weeks like it does for a butterfly. It takes a lifetime of continuing to change in order for us to be transformed. And I found as I was thinking about this and thinking about my own life that there is a problem that I have when it comes to transformation. And it's a bigger problem that I think I often realize, but it's that as long as I want to remain a caterpillar and am satisfied with being a caterpillar, I can never become a butterfly. There are places in my life where I've been content to be a caterpillar. And maybe that's the same case for you. And why is that? I think it's because being a butterfly means leaving being a caterpillar behind. If I'm going to be a butterfly, I just cannot be a caterpillar. Sometimes, honestly, I wish I could be both. I know how to be a caterpillar. It's comfortable. It's familiar. It's easy. And it's predictable. But being a butterfly is hard. Being a butterfly takes work because I have to be transformed. I have to submit to God changing me. And that brings me to Paul's third point. Transformation takes place through the renewing of your mind. I've become convinced that any time my transformation process has become short-circuited or has broken down, it's because my mind has held me back. It reminds me of a book that Joyce Meyer wrote years ago called The Battlefield of a Mind. And I think that most of the battles that we fight begin and end in our mind. Our minds are powerful instruments. And if we can just get our minds right, the rest of us would follow. You know, the word for renewal in the Greek has the meaning of renovation. Our minds need to be renovated. And I'm sure some of you can relate to that. You know, this building has been through various transformations, various 
renovations. And one of the things I love about watching uh, home improvement television is the before and the after. I absolutely love it. A designer can come in sometimes and make remarkable changes in a home by simply changing its function and decor. And sometimes a new space looks nothing like the former one. And that's what I call a total transformation. God wants to renovate our minds. He wants to put us through a total transformation. He wants to get rid of some of the ways that we think and behave and replace them with new behaviors and new thoughts. And there's nothing that should be off limits to him. Have you ever seen anyone want to hold on to something that holds a particular particular sentimental value for them? You see them agonizing with the designer over the thing they want to keep. Or sometimes the designer simply wants to keep the object and repurpose it. But the homeowners won't even allow the designer to touch it. And in some cases, they're probably right, because some of these designers do some things that I just can't understand. But if it's a good designer, if they'd only allow the designer to give them the new vision, the new functionality, they'd really experience a true transformation. And that's what God wants to do in us. Just like the people on those shows, we have a free will a choice to make. We can choose whether we wish to be conformed or transformed. We're dealing with the ultimate designer. He can fashion something out of nothing, so surely he can renovate our minds. But instead of allowing him to transform us, we often choose to conform. Or maybe we begin the process of transformation and we decide that it's too hard or it's not worth it. Or maybe we really weren't fully committed to the process in the first place. But in reality, if we have committed to God in step one, we really don't have a choice if we want to achieve transformation. All of these things, all of these steps are part of the whole. And they are a continuous cycle. Once we say no at any level, the process stops. And we stay where we are. All three steps are interconnected. So, you know, I, as I was been working on this for a while and can't help but look at my own life and think about what, what I think God wants to do in me and through me and... Um, I'm glad you're all here. You know, it'll be hard to preach to myself, but I can do it. I've been doing it for about a month now. (laughs) Um, But this message really is my message. So if it means something to you and it helps you, that's fantastic. But I really believe this is a message that God is speaking to me. Because I have been looking at my life and looking at the fact that there are areas that I still struggle to really be transformed. Areas that I know that God wants to do more with uh, in my life. And when I look at myself, I start to think, okay, so which, where am I getting hung up? You know, and initially I'll say, well, I think that my biggest hang up is in my mind. 
Because if I commit to allowing God to transfer me, transform me in a particular area, most of the times I feel like it breaks down in my mind and my thinking is not transformed to the point where it needs to be. But by the same token, if I am fully surrendered and if I have fully committed myself to him and I have laid myself on the altar as a sacrifice to God, then I should be able to do this too. And then I think, well, maybe it's the fact that I'm just not conformed to the right thing. I'm, I'm conformed to this, this mind that I've had all this time, and I'm not allowing God to transform me. So the reality of it is I'm stuck on all levels. That's the point. You know, there's no one step that's, set that's messed up. They're all messed up because they all work together. And, and I don't want to be a caterpillar for the rest of my life. I don't want to be, I believe God created me to be a butterfly. I believe he created us to be butterflies. And until I allow him to do in me what he wants to be, wants to do, that will never happen. And so I've just really been looking at my life and said, you know, I have to make, I have to make some changes. I have to really commit to every level of this process and allow God to do in me what he wants to do. And I would imagine that in in this room, I'm not the only one who feels that way. Maybe there are some things in your life that God has been speaking to you about and wants to change. And you need to make a a firm commitment um, that you're going to do that. So for me, I decided that during this series, you know, the areas of my life that God is really at the forefront of saying, this right here, I want to change. I want to transform. Over this six weeks, I'm going to really focus on that. I'm going to really put all my energies into uh, submitting, into transforming, into renewing my mind, that thing that I think I really struggle with, you know. And then I think about the other thing that I think I really um, struggle with is when you begin to, to step outside of your comfort zone and it becomes uncomfortable and fear sets in. And so in fear, then I caught it kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Then I go back to who I have been. But if I renew my mind and I know that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound sound mind, then I know that I'm not supposed to respond to that fear that way. But I'm supposed to rebuke the fear and walk in the power that God has given me. So that's how that part of that step works. And so for the next six weeks, that's what I'm committing to doing. Lord, where do you want to change me? What do I need to do in order to co- cooperate with you in that process so that I can become the butterfly? I mean, it's great. I think a caterpillar life is a wonderful life. You know, it's great to sit on the leaf and eat the leaf and munch around all day. and That's fantastic. But I want to fly. I mean, flying is amazing. And as much as it's, you know, challenging and scary and difficult, I want to fly. And so I just wanted to challenge you during the course of these next six weeks as we look at transformation, to look at your life and ask God where he wants to change you, what he wants to do in your life. So I want us to take a moment to close our eyes and ask God in this moment to show you what he wants to do where he wants to speak to you, what he wants to transform, what thoughts does he want to rebuke in your life and give you new thoughts. Ask him where he needs to do his renovation. Where does he want to start? Because we know this is a process, an ongoing process that continues throughout our lives. But where does God want to start his renovation in you?
And maybe it's the fact that you haven't fully surrendered your life to him. Maybe that's where you need to start. Maybe you need to today decide, Lord, I'm giving you back this life that you gave to me. I want to live it for you, not according to my own will and desires and seeking the things that I want, but I'm going to live this life for you. Or maybe it is in conformity. You've been conforming your life to things you know you shouldn't be conforming to. You've been uh, living by principles that you know are not godly principles. Whatever it is, ask God to reveal that to you. You're going to take a moment and ask God to speak to you, and then we're going to pray. As our eyes remain closed, perhaps it is that God has spoken to you about something that he really wants to deal with in your life. He's been doing that for me. And so part of my commitment during this season was standing here and acknowledging that before you. That I know I'm not fully where God would have me be. I'm not fully a butterfly. I'm not flying. And if God has spoken particularly to you today, and that may not be everyone in this room, but if you know that God has revealed to you that he wants to change some particular things in you, I invite you to stand with me. And make a commitment to seek him and to follow him and to do what it takes to allow him to transform your life. Because once he works in this particular area, he'll open up more and more areas of your life that 
He wants to change. So let us ask God's blessing on this journey. Father, we are so thankful that you have great plans for us. We are so thankful that you don't leave us as you find us. We are thankful, Lord, that you are uh, always available, always giving us another opportunity to start over, to change. And Father, we recognize this morning that you have called us to be butterflies. You have called us to commit to the process of transformation. To live as though we're dead to our past sin, our past desires, and surrender ourselves fully to you, to be used by you. We choose today, Lord, not to continue to conform to the world's ideal in this area of our lives. And we just pray, oh God, that you would give us the strength and the grace to walk in the victory that you have provided for us. Father, we recognize that it won't be easy. And there will be days that we want to go back to our caterpillar selves. But Father, would you remind us of this moment, of this commitment. And when we fail, lift us up so we can continue on this journey. We want to fly. As we continue in prayer, you may be seated. Father, we thank you for bringing us to this place, to this body of believers. We thank you for our pastor, for his passion for you and for others, and for his family and for his integrity. We thank you, O oh God, for him. We thank you for those who give up their service in this body as elders and as deacons and as greeters and ushers and uh, serving donuts in the morning and taking people places where they need to go. Uh, Whatever gifts that you have given to your body, we thank you, Lord, for those who use them in service to you. Father, we think about those in our body who are hurting this morning, who are grieved Uh, because they've lost someone very dear to them. Father, would you be their comfort this morning? Remind them, O God, that you are with them even now, and you will sustain them. We continue to pray for those, Lord, who are dealing with various uh, health uh, challenges. Father, would you touch their bodies. We think particularly of Julie Ellsworth who was in the hospital this morning. Father, would you uh, 
enter that room and comfort her, strengthen her body. Lord, you are the great healer and the great physician. And so we come before you, O oh God, with all of our concerns, knowing, Father, that you care for us. We pray, O oh God, for the children who are away at camp this week. Lord, would you transform lives? Would this be a week that changes the trajectory of someone's life? May that child who comes this week who is desperate for someone to love them and care for them and see them, would that need be met, oh God? We pray for those who are serving this week. Lord, would you give them, restore their strength, give them the energy that they need, oh God. Father, we just thank you. We pray for your safety for all those who are traveling during this season. That you would carry them to their destination and bring them back again. Father, we're so grateful to you. So grateful. What would we do without you? Thank you for loving us. Thank you for transforming us. Thank you for using us. So, Father, we commit this time of prayer to you. We know that your perfect will will be done in every circumstance. And we surrender all to you. In Jesus' name.